All right, it is Sunday, 2-4-2024. This is Mask of the Beast, Chief Crow and the Flat Earthworms. For all of you who are worried about the Neuralink being the mark of the beast, well, this typo, possibly the most significant and momentous typo of all time, has more explanatory power than the hypothetical Neuralink. Mask of the Beast, I think, was the fulfillment of that prophecy. And you can see humanity failed the test. Speaking of the beast, Donald Trump did indeed re-truth it. His uh, broken down version of Twitter, his truth social site, which actually might be worth billions if he wins. Um, he has uh, reposted something that has been floating around our circles for a number of years. Uh, I think even Jurassic Wires mentioned this last night. Donald Trump posted this for so many years. People have been saying that Elvis and I look alike. Now this pic has been going all over the place. What do you think? And this is the picture of Trump and Elvis mashed up. One half is Trump, one half is Elvis. And the noses do align. And the lips kind of do. But does it really align? I mean, is this a trick that you're playing on yourself if you actually believe this? Um, one of them is about 40, and the other one's closer to 80, and they're still using these same faces. It's not even age comparable. But the comparison has been made. In fact, uh, there's a pretty convincing conspiracy theory that they're somehow possibly related twins. Uh, the way Garrow from Jurassic Liars explains it, uh, the beast, the Antichrist, is actually Elvis, and that he's not really dead that dying on the throne was some kind of mockery of um, the king, Christ, and then God's throne. It was some kind of mockery ritual, but he went undercover. But he's not Trump, because that would not really make a lot of sense. I, I think the explanation is that Trump is his PR, that Trump is the image of the beast until the beast actually arrives out of the sea. And he's expected, he's expected probably this year. So... Keep your eye out for Elvis. And you might think this is insane, but I've been following some of these individuals, for example, Jurassic Liars, and he said that there's going to be a vision of Elvis shown to the public. He's going to be somehow connected with the Space Needle. And he had this vision he kind of articulated. And I watched the Elvis movie, and the intro montage has everything that he described. So there is a lot there to the character, the persona of Elvis on the world stage. What does he represent? Well, at a minimum, the rock star worship is pretty synonymous with uh, worshiping Lucifer in many ways. If you look at the idea of it's just the symbolic value, you know, what is the rock star? Well, you know, a star that falls to earth, descends into matter, has weight, unlike an angel, which wouldn't have any. The angel takes on the flesh, uh, lusts after the daughters of men, etc. You know, the Nephilim type, or rather the, the watchers, who created the Nephilim. So the idea of a rock star intrinsically has within it the idea of fallen from heaven. 
and then of course being worshipped. And along with Elvis, you have all this symbolism where, yeah, he was literally venerated. Well, Trump is now also Jesus. I mean, to his followers, Trump Christ. Although Jim Quiviesel, spelled with a Q, who played Jesus at the age of 33 in that Mel Gibson film, Passion of the Christ, uh, Jim Quiviesel says that Trump is more like Moses, which is likely a reference to Maga as their promised land. And if you remember, Trump was arrested on 4-4, which was the 55th anniversary of MLK Jr.'s assassination. And recently, like Christ, uh, Trump had taken his garments, the suit that he wore when he was arrested, had it chopped up into 47 pieces and auctioned it off. Because that's what happened with Jesus' garments on its way to the cross. So if you follow the Metascript, uh, Trump has been slow motion over time, being walked toward his confrontation with the cross. He's about to be actually literally crucified in some way, but it's, it's a narrative that's being built up. He's a Christ typology, or his story is. All right, we're joined by Thirst for Truth, Cub Star, Nicholas Pitts, Mom with Sons, Uncool Ben, Mango Penguins, Dees Natas, Elvis Trump. Yep. Elvis Trump is a big thing, and we may get more into it, but again, it all has to do with L, um, Saturn worship. Elvis is has a lot of very interesting bits of connections to the bigger script. In fact, there's a fascinating connection between Elvis, David Bowie, and Kanye West. And this isn't something I made up. This is in Rolling Stones, even, where you can find this seeming prophecy from David Bowie's album in 1972, which referenced Starman and the Starman being born to save the world. And there's suggestions that David Bowie's song was actually referencing, of all people, Kanye West. And Bowie and Elvis have the same birthday. And you make these connections, and it's like, wait a minute here, it's almost like they have a representative for the fallen angel for the public to worship. You know how they brought out Barbie so all the girls can worship the Whore of Babylon? Well, some of these rock star archetypes might be put up there as a way to get people to actually genuflect and literally worship the beast. And I'm not against rock music or any of that, but the idea that it's somehow part of the bigger mind control and all the mind controls we see is definitely connected with their weird occult religion. Um, it's not a stretch. I'm not saying this from a moral panic perspective. Uh, yes, we can take... Um, I could possibly log into my Discord and take calls. Mango Penguin says, Rock and roll save our soul. Oh yeah, Black Star. Uh, Elvis had a song called Black Star about a prophecy about his death when he saw the Black Star. And then Bowie releases his final album, Black Star, on his and Elvis's birthday, and then he dies. The Black Star album has a lot of interesting components. It has a scene on the moon where Major Tom is dead, the dead astronaut scene, which I think is a reference to the future disposition of the Jesus Christ of Scientology himself, Tom Cruise. Yep, I think he's going to die in space. Okay, let's go ahead and continue here. So this is just Donald Trump getting in front of this. What does this mean? Is it just a meme? Now, it's not just that Trump posted it on his little account, his truth social, but Drudge Report has now put this on the front. So on the front of Drudge, some conspiracy theorist made a meme, and the headline is, Weirdest Campaign Ever. And it, it's 
strange. It really is, thinking about how he kicked it off in Waco. And so we talk about Waco, white nationalism, gun grab, Turner Diaries, Timothy McVeigh, Dave Koresh, Alex Jones. There's a lot there in Waco that ties in to right now. Even the number of bullets, you know, it's 1.6 million rounds, foreshadowing 1-6, January 6th. But the other part of Waco is that Dave Koresh, the Burning Man, 33, immolated, thought he was Christ. His followers thought he was Christ. And they believed he was going to come back leading the four horses of the apocalypse. So there's something going on here, apocalyptic with Trump. And now this Elvis element just adds more um, layers to it, more intrigue. Because, again, there's something going on with this Elvis Trump beyond just a meme. And it has to do with their storytelling, their meta script, their conveying of a bigger story that requires uh, apparently multiple generations to run up to it. Because Trump doesn't just appear on the world stage, you know, as a TV star, reality TV show guy, then politician. There's premonitions of Trump. There's aspects of Trump that have permeated our psyche. For example, Back to the Future. Donald Trump is Biff Tannen. The director of the movie, the writer of the movie, even said this specifically. He is Biff Tannen. Okay, let's see what else. Um, yeah, again, um, if you want to get a wrench, I'll be handing them out. We're on a brand new computer. I haven't had time to fix everything. I'm going to be working on the 24-7 stream as well. So things will be updated as I can do it. We're kind of in a strange place as a channel. You know, we're censored, marginalized, and nobody wants to play with us because we are calling out the hoaxes that even the truthers want to believe in, which makes us even less popular. But the fact is, there are many of us. And yeah, obviously, the brainwashies outnumber those in the know. Well, the truthers aren't in the know enough. They're still married to the war. They're still taking the blue. They're still taking blue pills on the side. Don't believe them. They're not clean. If the truthers are still carrying water for MSM plus mainstream media counter narratives, they're not. They're not exactly skeptics at this point. And what we're doing here is we're actually breaking away from the non-skeptics. It's nothing personal. But we need knowers and seekers, not believers that are going to line up behind whatever celebrity uh, promises to save them from something that you don't even need to be saved from. I mean, they market insecurity 24-7. I've been talking about this quite a bit lately. I'm like, wait a minute here. You've got people who are mad about people coming over the border, but now they're also mad at the extraterrestrials. And these are the same people who are mad about the inner cities and because their insecurity are super terrified about leaving their homes, need the big guns, and then they're terrified of vaccines. So now their skin border is being threatened. So on every level, their home border, their skin border, their national, and then the, the earth itself, they're being told that their borders are not secure. They are insecure. And then the other side is saying, of course we're insecure, but if you just give total power to Big Brother, we can have maximum security. So you have one group saying, well, let's have a maximum security prison state for our collective safety. And the other side's like, uh, we will remain autonomous. And that's really the, the division here. And I'm not saying that the insecure defensive right is wrong. I'm saying that their fears are being tapped into in a very exaggerated way. So they might have their hearts in the right places, but their heads are 
not in the right places. And that's why I'm saying the only people with cool heads are the ones who've come to understand the significance of the MSM framing everything and how trutherism, all the red pill types, are part of a subset of the mainstream. And they don't like to be told this. They don't want to be told they have tunnel vision. They think they woke up. It's like, well, no, you had a, you had a blissful dream with like, like everybody else. And then something triggered you into awakening, but you actually got transitioned into a nightmare. You never actually woke up. If you're a conspiracy theorist and you're afraid of cirrus clouds, you're afraid to drink the water, and you're afraid of, quote, military-age men coming across the border, yeah, you're in a nightmare scenario. It's an alternate reality game. They got in your head. It's really that simple. All the world's a stage here says, Trump is Elvis for sure. He plays a lot of parts, John Candy and many others. Okay, I can see the John Candy in Donald Trump, especially with the hands. And when John Candy plays the president on NSL or SNL, there, there is something there. JC, John Candy, Jesus Christ. How old was he when he died? Most of these SNL types, they love to die at 33. And I could see that being somewhat plausible. But the Elvis thing, that's a little trickier because you're dealing with an age disparity. Symbia says, my military age aliens. Yeah, just if anybody here is still worried about military age men, well, first of all, the same people crying about that are terrified that we're running out of men who are men men who might want to join the military. Oh, there's no real men left. They're all Ken dolls. Where's all the men with the beards? Well, here they come. We just opened the gates. We're letting the Taliban in. Shouldn't you be embracing them? You're trying to create Magastan. Import them. Why close the borders? And then you're worried about depopulation. Well, here comes a bunch of unvaccinated immigrants. They're not going to be depopulated. I guess we're saved. But no, they're just so negative about everything at this point. They should be embracing the alien. And one other thing, if you're worried about military-age men, which is what, 17 to 42 or something? The ones that you were worried about last election cycle, two election cycles ago, three election cycles ago, back when Obama was running, I have vague memories of uh, Michael Savage on the radio saying, there are military-age men. They look Mexican because they're from the Middle East, but they're wearing sombreros, and they're all terrorists. So you got these Middle Eastern Islamists with sombreros and bomb belts coming across the border and then blowing stuff up. When did that happen? It never did. And guess what? Those military-age men are now retiring. So all these military-age men are no longer old enough to qualify for military service. They took too long to do their attacks. So we're safe from the first few batches. And I feel it'll be the same for the next ones. And same goes for the children that the QAnoners were so desperate to save in 2015. Like, they're aged enough to vote Democrat now. You lost that battle. Okay, continuing. Uh, Chris Farley is Rob Ford. Yes, and, and Rob Ford had two funerals when he passed. My suspicion is, like it was two days, that one was for Rob Ford and the other one was a private one for Chris Farley. Because I think he really did die the second time. But there's no doubt that Rob Ford was Chris Farley. All the world's a stage says, I can't remember who plays Biden. Neither can he. Elephant Tusk says, Candy died at 43 and 94. Okay, interesting. Okay, let's continue. Donald Trump, Elvis is a thing right now. We'll see how that evolves.
uh, God's army at the border convoy are getting baptized. They're actually having baptisms now. We just about quit waiting. I'll baptize you right back you know. Now it sounds like an exorcism, but that's a lady whispering into the mic in the background. And the guy with the cowboy hat is baptizing the other guy. These are full-blown MAGA baptisms. Right in her own homeland. She's been abused. She's been burned. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Devil lost another one. All right. They're saving souls down there because there's no immigrants to stop. That was kind of a disappointment for many of them. They went down there to Eagle Pass to stop the alien invasion, and the aliens didn't show up. It's going to be the same thing, mark my words. When the alien aliens come down from Mars, the Magas are going to get in their trucks, and they're going to get their shotguns, they're going to get their Bibles, and they're going to go drive to where the aliens are. Meanwhile, the left wing is going to be embracing the aliens. Probe me, they will say. And the other side will be pointing guns at them. Because one side is all about secure borders, and the other side is about being totally porous. Come through our borders. Penetrate our skin. Enter our nation. Come to our world. And the other guys are GTFO. Get out of the city. Stay out of my house. Stay out of my blood. Stay out of my thoughts. I mean, look, I'm definitely on the side of autonomy and freedom. I'm not a liberal fascist. And this is why I point out that even though the dream world is blissful and comfortable for most, the people who wake up don't always go into the right-wing nightmare. The lefties who wake up go woke. And woke is a nightmare as well. Uh, look at the screen really quick. That's not Gary Boosie. That's what... Uh, yeah, Gary Boosie back in the spotlight talking nonsense. No, this is actually Professor Tracy Smart. Public health announcement. I had CJAB number 6, XBB15. We're having another major wave. Consider getting another one. And think about wearing a mask. And this person is not wearing a mask. But uh, the, the reason why this picture stood out to me as interesting is simply that there's a Saturn V rocket at the top of the bookshelf, which is touching her head, and it looks like a needle. Now, the connection here is that NASA is about mind control, controlling inner space, just like they want to control cyberspace. It's about mental space, not about outer space, which is fake. So they give you a worldview as part of establishing your mental framework for the world in which you live. So it's always been mind control. So the moon man landing, for example. Man didn't go to the moon. They made a movie about it, but mentally mankind went lunatic. So we didn't go to the moon, but we've engaged in a collective lunacy. We've now stepped into a deeper level of the movie. The atom bomb, the JFK assassination, Apollo missions, 9-11, COVID. All these things drag us onto the world stage alternate reality game theater of Cywar. So it's just incredibly ironic that this person is bragging about the track marks on their upper arm from all their boosties, but at the back you have a rocket stabbing into her head because her inner space has been controlled. And the rocket symbolizes in many ways the same thing the needle does. It's the thing that goes into the outer space, which is our collective outer space, a commons, and 
even though we have different space agencies, different countries, we all have to work together up there because if one person screws it up, nobody can leave. And in this case, they're saying that Elon Musk, for example, is responsible for so much space junk, it might lock us all down. So we have to clear outer space, our collective circulation, in the same way that we have to clear our inner space, our collective circulation internally. So low Earth orbit and circulation internally have been correlated. They've done this symbolically. That is why the ISS, during the mission Celestial Immunity, had its arm punctured by space junk the same day. Astronauts are up there, Celestial Immunity, shooting each other up. And then a space rock hits the arm right above its elbow. So the space station was vaxxed as the astronauts were vaxxed. Again, this is all theater to get us to think a certain way, to think like this person. So look at this individual, uh, Professor Smart. Be like Professor Smart. Think like Smart. Roll up your sleeve and I'll see your track marks to see if you've been complying. Yesterday we spoke quite a lot about Taylor Swift and the resentment being ginned up against her by the Magas. And I've seen her referenced as being a witch and as being possibly a clone of Zena LeVay. And I've always kind of just ignored that because Zena LeVay and Taylor Swift are uh, decades apart. Uh, Zena could be her mother, possibly. And I don't think it's that close of a, of a resemblance. However, there is something there. Enough of it to where it's probably intentional, that it's an archetype thing. And we've been talking about archetypes, Barbie, the Whore of Babylon, these various ways they represent these goddess archetypes and god archetypes. So there may be something here. Well, digging deeper into it, we can actually find many examples of parallel pictures. Is that Zena LeVay posing with the snake? Or is that Taylor Swift? What about this one? Is that Swift or Zena LeVay? Can't tell. Uh, Zena LeVay, by the way, was baptized at a very young age into the Church of Satan and was given a pink Baphomet medallion. Uh, pink is a very significant color uh, to Barbie, but also to Satanism, to the Thelemic cult. Pink is the color of the interior of the Holy Grail. And the Templars with their red cross on the white, well, mix red and white, you get pink. It means the merging of Babylon, red, and the beast, symbolized by the white. The great rite of witchcraft, all this stuff is encoded into it. So the idea that, of course, Zena LeVay fits this archetype is really already been established. So we've been looking at things connected to Vegas, like uh, New Vegas, the, the Fallout game, Nuke being kind of inferred. We've seen the U2 references to Atomic City. So a lot of stuff is building up towards this Death Star, which is what they call the Allegiant Stadium. And I'm like, what's going to happen? Are they going to nuke Taylor Swift and everybody else? Well, here's an article from AP back in March of 2002, number 3, volume 11, interestingly. Before most moviegoers walk into the hit comedy Ocean's Eleven, and remember, this is right after 9-11, starring George Clooney and Julia Roberts, they don't realize... Now, Julia Roberts was in Leave the World Behind. They don't realize that the Las Vegas con artist caper contains physics in the plot. In the film, 11 con artists employ a physics device called the pinch. 
to help them rob a vault containing the riches of three casinos. Set off in the middle of Las Vegas, the pinch detonates an intense electromagnetic pulse that blacks out the city's power grid. So you have EMP, and we have found plenty of connections between the Blackout Bowl number 47 and 2024, the 47th presidential race, and this particular Super Bowl. And one of the things that cements the connections between the Super Bowl 47 and Super Bowl 58 is the Taylor Swift phenomenon being attached to it. And that is because there's some kind of a story being told between Beyonce and Swift. Beyonce performed at the Blackout Bowl. Now here's Swift showing up at this next Super Bowl event. And between these two events, you had the, the event where Taylor Swift was getting a trophy and Kanye steps in and says, no, this should belong to Beyonce. Now, all of this ties in politically because Beyonce and her performance there is also connected with Colin Kaepernick, who was the quarterback at the time. And Beyonce's Black is King was released in 2020 based on The Lion King. But when you get into these characters, you can see that they're kind of catering or, or, or basically um, seen as pertaining to one of the sides. So, for example, Princess... I said, uh, that's what they call her, uh, Taylor Swift. They used to call her Princess Tay on the 4chan boards. The Aryans, the neo-Nazis, they loved her as their Aryan princess, and now they see her as having betrayed them. But the point of it is, uh, she has been, she has already been appropriated by that side. So there's some kind of a dialectic being set up here. And now this, the con artist physics of Ocean's Eleven. So are they going to 9-11 Vegas in some way? And Coulter said something interesting here. She said, and this is from Stand Up For Truth, said, Ann Coulter has been right about Trump in the past. I'd love to hear what he needs to do, in her opinion, to help us take America back. And this is what she said yesterday. Maybe he could die. So in the last couple of days, we've seen jokes about Trump dying, and then someone close to Taylor Swift had said something about Taylor Swift is dead to us. A lot of morbid humor. That's going to look really bad in retrospect. Taylor Swift is dead to us, McCaffrey family. The 49ers player's mom is boycotting Taylor Swift. She's dead to us. Now, this dead to us thing caught my attention because of all the number 13s associated with her, which we've discussed at length, and even the mainstream media has discussed all the 13s. In fact, she's got a 13-hour flight coming back to America from Japan. But 13 being a death number, it's really stood out. And then we find that she has a lot of connections to Princess Diana, of all people. Like, stylistically, they've made these comparisons. She paints the number 13 on her hand before every show. She talks about the synchronicities in her life that connect her with 13. Well, 13 is a goddess number. Uh, we say de it's death, but it's also associated with the uh, lunar cycles, 13 lunar months. And Princess Diana is a goddess reference. She crashed into the 13th pillar. We made these connections last year. Princess Diana was in the news. There was some kind of documentary. And we're like, wait, 13, 13th pole, 13 months. And then 
the Artemis rocket was about to take off. And the Artemis rocket has a crack in it. Well, Artemis is an archer who is the Greek version of Princess Diana, or sorry, Goddess Diana. So Diana Artemis. Now, the cracked arrow really stood out to me as very significant. So now, move forward to where we are right now. This new Princess Diana archetype is the girlfriend of somebody from Kansas City Chiefs, and their logo is an arrowhead. Well, a broken arrow is code for a nuclear weapon, a disaster, an emergency. And so far, there have been 32 broken arrow events. So we're waiting for broken arrow number 33. And it all seems to be tying in again to Atomic City. This event, which is coming up very soon, and whatever her involvement is, it could just be getting eyes on the scene. A Fallout Vegas 2010 action role-playing game. A spin-off of the Fallout series. The game is set in a post-apocalyptic open-world environment that encompasses a region consisting of Arizona, California, and Nevada. It's set in an alternate timeline. Has a great war, etc. But we're looking post-apocalypse Fallout New Vegas. And when you look at the imagery of Fallout New Vegas, you see a space needle-like structure at the very back behind the soldier wearing the mask. So Fallout Vegas. Okay, continuing on your comments, I want to make sure I don't miss anything. We've been getting a lot of really good comments for a lot of people. A lot of uh, great leads, which I'll be going through. Okay, moving on. Now, yes, um, print, uh, Tay LeVay. Not bad, Flat Sabbath. Tay Tay, Princess Tay Tay is what the alt-right called her, the neo-Nazis, and so Princess has already been her designation. So Princess die. Is that her world stage role? Is she going to die like Princess dies? Is it some kind of a tragedy? That would certainly turn people against... We'll see what happens. Elephant Tusk says, Tim, do you think the grocery store Albertsons is a reference to Albert Pike? I haven't looked into it, but there's plenty of Albert, Alberts out there. I wouldn't know why it would be Pike. I think they would have named it Pikes. And Albert Pike wrote Morals and Dogma, which is a very interesting book. It shows you what the Freemasonic, I'm not going to say religion, but organization thinks about the various religions and it sort of amalgamates them all and it doesn't reveal anything sensitive like so it's kind of it's a thick read and these days they don't even give it out to new members they give a new condensed version kind of dumbed down I think it's called Bridge to Light but Albert Pike is credited with having predicted the manner in which three subsequent world wars would occur and there are some quotes attributed to him about the worship of Lucifer that aren't actually real. The person who created those quotes was exposed like more than 150 years ago. Leo Taxil. Linda Curtis says, Princess Di also wore a blazer with a snake on it. Constant Elevation says, Fat Elbert. I was thinking Fat Elbert also. Like that would be more fitting, like a grocery store than some confederate general Satanist. Okay, let's see. Lots of border insecurity. I don't want to get too much into it. 
let's bring this up one more time. Yesterday we talked about the 33-year-old CEO, Matt Latt, with Lead with Love, who was noted for being a social justice advocate, and then he was murdered inside of his home. Now this is very, he was shot and killed. This is kind of like that story a few months ago where a social justice activist was killed by somebody he tried to help. And his goth girlfriend was like Instagramming at the time, just watching. And a lot of people on the right said, FAFO, which is, you know, you mess around, you find out that this is the consequence of your idealism, of your thinking that you can treat human nature just by hugging it or showing it love. Like this is meant, I think, to be taken that way. I don't think it's necessarily real. He's a social justice advocate. Like they put this in the headline. It's not an obituary. This is how they define him, which I find a way of probably framing the story. Sort of like they'll tell you about this three people that froze to death were Kansas City Chiefs fans. Like if one was a Raiders, one was a 49ers, would they have said that? Why didn't they identify them by their social justice advocacy or their political beliefs? Why their sports team, uh, their chosen sports team? So in this case, it's very suspect. So looking deeper into the death of Michael Latt, uh, James Burke sent this. He said, I just checked the 33-year-old Hollywood producer Michael Latt has as one of his last credits a short film from 2014 called Blackout, I Can't Breathe. Blackout, I Can't Breathe? Interesting. You have a couple tie-ins here. The I Can't Breathe, obviously, we got the, the BLM, you know, Eric Garner, uh, George Floyd and all this. Gaia Can't Breathe. But then also Blackout is connected with it. So what's going on there? And, of course, he just died and 33 years old. We've been talking about Super Bowl 47 and the 33-minute Blackout Bowl being a very significant piece of the puzzle here. Okay, continuing. Okay, this is something that's posted in our Gilded server by Violet. Okay, from Metro. Are we headed for World War Three? NATO makes biggest move in 33 years. Are we heading into World War III? NATO makes biggest move in 33 years. It says, this is the largest call-up since the end of the Cold War 33 years ago. The exercise, Steadfast Defender, begins next week. 31 NATO members will be involved in a drill. Plus Sweden, whose membership is being ratified. U.S. General Christopher Cavoli, who is NATO's Supreme Allied Commander Europe, told journalists, quote, the alliance will demonstrate its ability to reinforce the Euro-Atlantic area by a trans-Atlantic movement of forces across North America. Defense Secretary Grant Shapps announced the deployment of all the Army, Navy, and Royal Air Force on Monday. The Royal Navy will send two aircraft carriers and eight warships. Again, looks like we have a new uh, war being staged right now as we speak. World War III, 32 participating NATO nations. Okay, let's continue. Uh, another connection, Dead Forever, Dead in Company. The Grateful Dead, live at Sphere, Las Vegas. Just live at, not the Sphere, 
just live at Sphere. Live at Sphere Vegas dead forever. More ominous buildup. Let's catch up on your comments here. Elephant Tusk says, Tim, there's a restaurant in Las Vegas called Blackout Dining in the Dark. Fascinating. Linda Curtis says, Transatlantic, should we investigate? You mean transvestigate, right. Yeah, I saw some of those individuals on our server posting pictures of Prince uh, of Taylor Swift running on the beach with tight shorts. And like, it's a man. It's like, um, it's either that or the original posters never actually seeing a, a, a real woman up close. I mean, some of these, and, and what I usually say is this, if you're going to claim that Taylor Swift running looks like a man, then post a picture of a man that looks like Taylor Swift running. Like, show me a, a comparable uh, figure, and I, I never really see it. Like, someone was like, oh yeah, Tucker Carlson's a woman. Look at the way he walks. I'm like, well then, find me a video of a woman walking like Tucker Carlson. Like, if your girlfriend or your wife walks like Tucker Carlson, upload a video. Look, my wife walks like Tucker Carlson, therefore Tucker's a woman. I don't follow their logic. I mean, I do follow it. And I recognize it runs into a wall called unfalsifiability. Taylor Swift brought $330 million for the NFL with her romance with Travis Kels. So there's your 33. Now you know. It's all tied together. Welcome to the Death Star. Everything you need to know about the Las Vegas state-of-the-art Allegiant Stadium. Now, this thing, if, if we're right about this, or rather, if the predictive program is, is suggesting that this is going to be some kind of an event for all time, some major psyop, then this thing will have been built to execute whatever they have planned for it. So, for example, uh, the Twin Towers were designed, uh, they, were, they were built to be destroyed in this spectacular way. In this case, I would suggest the same. It's just a question of, are they going to nuke Vegas? Are they going to do a pinch and just do a blackout? Are they going to snipe a few high-profile people? Like, What's going to actually happen, or is it all just going to be some kind of exercise that's purely psychological? It's difficult to say, but then this was given out to someone who sent this to me on Gilded on January 31st. 2024. And this is from Minnesota. Dear patient, keep this letter on you in case a curfew is set into place by law enforcement. A curfew could occur for different reasons, such as weather, lockdowns, or civil unrest. If you get stopped, you can use this as proof that you need treatment. So do they know something at the hospitals? Something about the weather? Or civil unrest that we don't know about yet? Yesterday we talked about Alex Jones and his friend from the DIA praying that Trump will get killed so that they can take out the deep state. And in this conversation, Alex Jones gets a little emotional and cries. But let me play a clip again. That's not the case, but these people are crazy. And having said that, if they do that, option two behind Trump, is going to be so much better for us and so much worse. Well, I was about to that. say, if they kill him, that's best case scenario from a sick level, from a sick level beating him. Oh, please kill him, which I don't, I mean, but it, it's so good after that. 
Oh, it's going to be the, the, the best cleansing and the fastest cleansing that it, we've ever seen in my lifetime. Now, what does he mean by cleansing? They're talking about draining the swamp for real. He's got a list of names. I, get, I, I assess with almost certainty, with the highest level of confidence, that if they assassinate Trump, it is so game over for them. And it's going to be so fast. Anyway, they want it to happen because they think it will enable them to finally bring the storm. Uh, MAGA convoy confused by lack of invasion as they arrive at the border. Really, would they deep faked? I thought they were military-age men and she was going to go stop them. But no. So instead, they're baptizing each other. Yep. Okay, continuing. Uh, commenter says, reminds me of ethnic cleansing. In a way, it actually is. When you follow it through, the Q narrative, the deep state narrative, ultimately it's about blood purity at its peak. It goes through different, you know, first it's ideological purity, but I think eventually it goes into blood. And that also ties into anti-vax, which is another form of blood purity. Not a coincidence. Look, I'm not pro-vax. I'm not anti-pro-vax. I just don't care. However, it's a political tool and it's a psyop, so it's worth evaluating. And you can see that the political division between the pure blood and the so-called goo blood, or the dirty blood, or what do you want to call it, I think it's pure blood and goo bloods, is on the same political line. So the, and the irony of it is that the people with the goo blood think they're saved because the normal natural blood isn't good enough. It needs government's injection. But then the people who believe that they're good enough, naturally, they see the other people as impure, and they are born pure. So here's the question. Are you born pure, or do you need to be purified? And then take this to the idea of the church and the Eucharist. Are you born saved, or do you need a priesthood? Do you need a Eucharist? Communion. Because if you don't believe you need the priesthood, or its church, or its Eucharist, you would then be a Protestant. Oh, I don't need the church. I don't need their priesthood. I don't need that bread and wine circus. But then outside of the church, what are they doing? You know, they're, they're protesting. They're suggesting that they don't need this uh, mediator. So now you have this perfect schism between saved and unsaved. And each side thinks the other side is damned. But now, bring it up to speed to the present day, the modern-day equivalent of this Protestant rejection of the mainstream church are the anti-vaxxers who say my is born pure i don't need your priesthood i don't need your injectable eucharist and because it's such a perfect historical analog i don't think it's real i think it's another psyop to divide public into a controllable left and right a controllable black and white controllable um, toxic femininity versus toxic masculinity And I've been saying for some time that if it's a bifurcated psyop, if it has two prongs, if one side thinks the other side is right and their their side is um, wrong, in other words, if they're mutually exclusive, but neither side is dead, then they are both coexisting in a fictional universe. If the psyop has two sides, it's probably fake. At least fake until proven real. Okay, continuing. Uh, Patriot takes 
Tudor Dixon says, it's fishy that Charlie Kirk owns multiple millions of dollars in property from raking in speaking fees at TPUSA. But somehow the people behind the scenes are making so much money. And, you know, they do an expose and, and you've got all the spokespeople saying the reason that Charlie has three properties that are all worth over a million dollars, including the latest one that is four and a half million dollars in and of itself is because he does speaking events, because Turning Point has made him into such a celebrity that he makes that much money at speaking events. I First of all, I can't imagine that. Now, there's no reason to get mad at this. I understand the anger on the left when the BLM organizers buy mansions. Because here you have communists who hate private property, who hate the rich, who want to help the poor, but then they become rich. But Charlie Kirk is not a hypocrite. Uh, the conservative right, whatever you want to call them, um, it's on brand for them to enrich themselves. Uh, look who they venerate, Trump. So this is a complaint that really isn't justified. The fact that Turning Point USA makes a lot of money just shows you the power of the grift. And it's more than just money. I would argue that the right-wing ideology has taken on the trappings of a religion and a Ponzi scheme. And it's almost more of a Ponzi scheme than a religion. Okay, let's continue. Uh, there's going to be a change very soon. I'm going to be opening up our live chat rooms over on Discord. And I'll probably make that happen today. I'm also working on updating playlists for the 24-7. Just a few upgrades now that we have a new computer. So I want to just keep everyone apprised of what's going on. So if you want to be involved in the group chats or you just want to listen, it's going to be something that I'm going to probably just keep on 24-7. And so once I have that on, it'll stay on. And we'll be using Craigbot to record conversations for later on AirPlay. Uh, we talked about this in Toronto a couple nights ago. A raccoon knocked out the power for thousands. Must be code. Must be a dry run, a test. Leave the world behind type stuff. And again, leave the world behind. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. And I might have to watch it again just to pay attention to the soundtrack. Because it opens up with a song called The Revenge by Joey Badass, who uses a device to shut off the power, plunge everyone into darkness. And since that movie was produced by the Obamas, it's a pretty clear message. The revenge message. Um, and if you missed this, the... Groundhog on the 33rd day of the year did what? see its shadow. No, he did not see it. So the Groundhog's Day celebration, which I think this one had 10,000 people there, uh, he did not see his shadow, which means not winter's over. Really. Happy Groundhog Day. Well, you know, I have, what? He, 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 he didn't see his shadow, so... Uh, and that's in Pennsylvania. Kind of missed that. That was, again, day 33. That was 2-2. Uh, Jennifer Reef says, We lost power for a few hours today, but it came back. Right. Well, we're looking. And, and remember last year, someone had mentioned this. When Diablo 4 came out, the sky in New York was like blaze orange. And they said it was because of some fires. Probably special effects. Like they're testing everything out. Breaking, this is from 
two nights ago, multiple Border Patrol sources confirmed the facility Firefly in Eagle Pass was evacuated. The FBI was alerted to threats by extremists targeting Firefly because they claimed it was a smuggling hub and they had to overthrow it by any means necessary. So now you have some agitated, border insecure right-wingers making threats and setting the stage for a broad brushing, for a smear campaign, for a scapegoating of any gun owners. I mean, that's what's probably coming. Do any of you follow Dom Looker on X? Anybody here follow this guy? He's one of these truther influencers. And after the story about the tunnels in New York broke, he went to New York because he says every year thousands of children go missing in New York. And he went to go investigate the tunnel facilities. And then he had a documentary made and he had a viewing party. But this is Dom Lucker. And you'll find that many of these QAnon adjacent types will manufacture evidence if they don't have it, which is usually all the time. So anyway, he holds this event and it turns out that his documentary contains a bit of fraud. He had interviewed somebody named Manny Wax. Well, he didn't actually interview him. He was playing a pre-recorded interview of a survivor of sex abuse. He took this pre-recorded interview with the survivor and made it look like he was interviewing the guy and included it in his documentary. Uh, Manny Wax says here, and he's the CEO of Voice Against Child Abuse. He said, a shoddy and outrageous piece of journalism for the record. I have to distance myself from Dom's nonsense. I did not inter give him an interview. I am appalled that he's using this unrelated interview for his conspiracy theory. Yeah, that's that's a low. That is, that is uh, you know, I mean, it's, I guess it's confabulation. It's propaganda. It's creative, but that's why I say a lot of these influencers are really just part of the mainstream media infrastructure. They use all the same tricks. And why would you have to trick people if it was actually going on? It's because it's not going on. Same thing with the climate change types. You know, if the solution is solved or it doesn't exist, there's no money in it. And this individual's obviously motivated by money. He went and he walked through some subway tunnels and got some graffiti and claimed it was uh, pedophile logos on the walls. Like pedos are going down into tunnels and tagging. Anyway, nothing new. Just more nothing burgers. And the, the noner types are, in a way, they're kind of ascetic because they survive on pretty much nothing burgers and hopium. They're practically breatharians. Although the MAGAs look pretty well fed, the, the, the normal MAGAs. The QAnon keyboard warriors are kind of the fringe. They don't leave their house and go to the border. They stay home and chop the heads off their parents and put it on YouTube. Now, of course, I don't believe it, but that's just what's reported. This is fascinating. Again, uh, Manny Wax, no idea who this Dom is. I've never spoken to him, and I'm appalled at how my interview has been used, simply outrageous. And he's apparently really good. Um, he's somehow in with X. 
Uh, the readers added context. Dom makes it seem like he's interviewing Manny, a survivor. But in reality, he's replaying a recorded interview. God, that is, that is incredible. Um, how did he expect to get away with it? Well, uh, Dom Looker is an influencer who's got a million followers. He calls himself a Nibiru journalist. Manny Wax has like 2,000. The truth of it is, this is a violation of Manny's right of publicity. He could probably sue for every penny that Dom makes using that interview to bolster his non-existent credibility. All right, moving on. We're just scrolling through my Twitter feed right now, catching up. White History Month is trending, says Alexander, Alexander Hunt. It just goes to show how lost and harmful this platform has become. Is white victimhood for real a thing right now? Black History Month is supposed to be a celebration, but it's a time to teach the truth about America. And then you have Jack Posobiec leading this thing. Happy White History Month with Taylor Swift's image. And truthfully, even this, like we talked about the AI images of Taylor that were made viral. And this has to do with one's right of publicity. And just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean you relinquish that right. It's like, uh, it's almost in a way similar to copyright. So for example, if you're a famous actor and someone puts your face on a billboard and endorses something, yeah, that's actually a, a theft of your right to your own publicity and you would have all the rights to sue them for it. Uh, similarly, a big influencer, a top-tier alt-right person like Jack Posobiec with 2.4 million followers creating false endorsements of White History Month with Taylor Swift's image should actually open him up to the same legal repercussions of those using AI images of her to create porn and get clicks. And if his account is monetized, it's an even easier case. Like a cease and desist would do it. I don't think it'll happen because I think this is engineered. What I'm saying is like this is not normal behavior. Uh, you, you cannot take someone's face and endorse something. Um, I mean, you can, but the bigger your platform, the less protected you'll be from the possible repercussions. But they are making a point here. And the point of it is, she betrayed them. There's a ton of resentment. And if Biden wins, they're blaming Taylor Swift, as insane as that sounds. Okay, continuing. If you want to follow me at Twitter, it's IPS Insider. So we've been talking about alien worship versus xenophobia, Donald Christ, the Vegas Death Star, and, and the recent beheading PSYOP. A few things have just been piling up as of late. Today is Sunday, 2-4-2024. This is the anniversary of the day they shot down that Chinese space balloon and the anniversary of Moonfall, the movie being released. Uh, again, that was when they set the stage for China possibly being able to do EMP-based attacks. And that's also one of these things that's been tossed around for some time. General Flynn has even said that he thinks that China could use EMPs and anybody who's taken the you-know-what's heads will explode. He's actually told this to his inner circle. Baptisms at the border. If you want to be baptized, go down to the border. 
They have a big horse trough where they're cleansed. What are they baptizing them into? What religion is this, technically? I mean, they worship Trump and JFK. I wouldn't call it Christian. It's definitely some kind of neo-Christian political religion that's based on the end times notion of the Great Awakening. Uh, another angle to the Justin Moan who killed his dad and put it on YouTube is that he bought a handgun the day before. And this is another thing where they're going to say the mentally ill can too easily access handguns. This is a repeated theme. The left will say it was gun culture and hate. The right will say mental illness. They both agree that society needs to be protected against this group of people and gun ownership. They're bringing both sides together on the gun debate. Left wing says Discord creates shooters. Right wing says Reddit creates shooters. Both sides agree. We've got to censor these fringe sites. Speaking of shooters, Adam Lanza still has it. Here is David Hogg at a gun range. Not a bad shot. What was his record there? 26 out of 27? Or, I don't know, 27 out of 27? Did he even miss? And the only reason why that story was even believable is people have been brought up on video games with first-person shooters where they have these exaggerated body counts that don't just immediately come off as unbelievable. Armin Rai says Christianity spelled with a Q. Yes. Actually, that's probably a, a good way to describe it. Christianity, Jim Quiviesel. All right, moving on. Just about there. Uh, David Icke and Alex Jones have been going back and forth. And let me go ahead and catch you up on this really quick. Because Icke has been saying that Alex Jones and others are basically a bunch of shills. Alex Jones said, I mean... Well, first, Ike said, Alex Jones, Tucker Carlson, Andrew Tate, Ben Shapiro, and Joe Rogan are, wor are worshipping Elon Musk. He calls them mainstream alternative media. He says, when are you going to wake up? I despair your, na your naivety. Well, Alex Jones responded to him. He said, David, I invited you on five times in the last month to talk about X. I say whatever I want on X, and that's a good thing. I think of you as a friend, so feel free to keep calling me out for being happy with Elon's actions, but at least come on the show. If CNN said, come on next week and say what you want, I know you would. You're on X as well, and you're reaching a lot of people. And David Icke just responded a couple hours ago, Alex, mate, I don't understand this point. I was asked to come on the show a couple weeks ago, and this is my reply to the producer. Sorry, mate, I'm writing and researching a book. Can you ask me early in February? Hope. Okay, anyway, it goes on. Drama. Drama, drama, drama. Feds calling feds, feds. And controlled op calling controlled op, controlled op, because they're competing for clicks in the attention economy. I, you know, on YouTube, I call these 
subscriber pinatas. You know a pinata? It's like an animal full of candy made out of paper mache, and you whack it with sticks until the candy comes out. Well, if you're a small channel and there's a big channel, and you want some of those subscribers, you just got to keep hitting the big channel, and eventually that candy will come out. You'll gain some of those subscribers from that subscriber pinata if you hit it hard enough. Only some. Um, I don't advocate this because I feel like it's not a way to build an audience. You know, you don't build an audience by tearing other people down. I would rather cross market and build a mutual environment, like a, a you know, a, a rising tide lifts all ships. I don't like to think of things in the terms of it being an artificial scarcity situation. However, on YouTube, it was artificial scarcity. There's only so many viewers for this niche market. And if this guy's got 5,000 subs, I lost 5,000 subs, is how they think. So big channels won't say, hey, check out this small channel and subscribe because it's great content. Because they feel like if their subs go subscribe to those ones, they lose subs. People think this way. Zero-sum game thinking. It's, it's part of the world stage. It's part of its drama. If it wasn't zero-sum thinking, if there wasn't built-in resentment and class envy and associating every winner with someone else losing... If it wasn't built on resentment and envy, it wouldn't be so easy to put people at states of war. It's like, what if everything's abundant? What if things are maybe even infinite? But no, we're all running out. We're running out of attention, running out of time, running out of clicks. So I've got to attack other people so I'm the only one who gets clicks. And for, your, for the record, Alex Jones was never sued. Nobody sued Alex Jones. Alex Jones is a fake canary in a fake coal mine. Psyops are the rule, not the exception. His gig is to run laps around a tree called Sandy Hook to distract truthers from a forest of similar propaganda and simulated news events. It's important to call that out just to mention it, that yes, he's running laps around certain big psyops so you don't see the forest. And this has always been the case. And this is my expression, psyops are the rule, not the exception. Interestingly, he, Alex Jones, recently released a video where he said, PSYOPs are the rule, not the exception. He quite literally said that in this video explaining the origin of PSYOPs. So we have to remember, too, that even the word PSYOP is somewhat sketchy. It's kind of lost its relevance um, because it's been used by the likes of Musk and Alex Jones. A better term, in my view, simulated news events. Psychological operations don't always encompass it, because I have people who will fight me over this stuff in, in the servers. They'll be like, oh, well, a psychological operation doesn't necessarily mean that it's not real. I'm like, okay, well, how about this? Simulated fake AF. That definitely doesn't leave open any rhetorical wiggle room for any of these sophists to come in and make some extraordinary claim without basing it on facts. So we keep, turn. we keep hearing uh, Jones saying that there's going to be a false flag at the border, and it's again, because they don't want people thinking in terms of it could be fake. They want people thinking in terms of if it happens, it's a false flag, which means it happened, but the media is lying about who did it. That explanation has been used to paralyze the thinking of otherwise truth seekers. And it has worked successfully for decades. And there's still a few 
death clingers, corpse clutchers, who will fight me on this point. And I asked them, well, show me the blood. You're carrying fake blood for the MSM. Show me the real. And then we'll talk about whether we can give them the benefit of the doubt. And to date, no one, like people say, you can't say all the school shootings are fake. No, I never said that. I'm saying every one that they presented us that we've investigated has fit the same template as being fake. But if you can find me a real one, I'll go buy a teddy bear and a cross and I'll go hammer the cross in right in front of the school and I'll put a teddy bear and I'll cry and I'll throw five bucks to go fund me. And I'll do it live. Just show me the real one. I don't know if this is legit, so I'll run it by all of you, but someone sent this to me earlier today. It's an image of appears to be Noah P. from one of these events merged with Kyle Rittenhouse. Let's see if I can find it. Is it possible that Kyle Rittenhouse could be a grown-up Sandy Hooker? Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you see how they recycle crisis actors. We had that situation with Gabby Petito. Turns out she was a star in a post-Sandy Hook music video. Okay, let's see here. Commenter says, I never knew Joe Rogan was a comedian. Yeah, I know. Isn't that something? Like, I heard this conspiracy theory that Dave Chappelle was a comedian. Have you heard that one? Uh, thank you, OG Fepe. We at the IPS appreciate the support. This think tank is going to reach its finest year. We have a lot going on. And my objective is... This year, we will take Autohoxology 101 into the streets, and we will physically grow in the meatverse, the network that we call the parallel media. Like, alt media is nebulous. It's people here, people there, they all agree on certain things, they retweet certain things, but you couldn't have, like, a red pill conference and have it full of people who agree on stuff. They just have a lot of conflicting views with the mainstream, but they're still on the world stage. Uh, we represent something different, but it's never been organized. And I think now is the time to organize. And by organize, I mean build a self-aware demographic of media critics who recognize that there is a distinction between their perspective and the MSM perspective. And of course, the subset called trutherism. Again, the truthers don't want to hear this, but if you're a, quote, truther, and you're buying into the orthodoxies, top to bottom. You exist within a subset of the mainstream media. You're even more mind-controlled than the blue pill. Here's the big dirty secret. The same manufacturers that make the blue pill make the red pill, which is laced with mentanol. And it's because it's actually the same pill. If you scrape the red, it's blue. You scrape the blue, it's actually black. Because the black pill is the negative, disturbing, dark, hopeless view of humanity in the world which everybody accepts. But the blue pill reality exists to make the black pill reality palatable. So yeah, it's a nightmare, but here's your apathy. So the blue pill is an apathy pill. But if you wake up from the apathy, you're like, I'm not taking these blue pills because things are really effed up. I know it's really dark and it's black pill. They know it's worse than what is being said. So they awake and they go in one of two directions. The nightmare on the right or the wokeism nightmare on the left. But there's one other option here. I mean, there are white pills. Things like nukes are fake. But without context, it means nothing. 
It's like, well, the world sucks, but at least nukes are fake. But everything else is real. No, it doesn't go far enough. You can't be taking pills, because it means that you have to have your reality filtered for you, given to you in doses. What you have to do is move beyond the need for someone to distribute a reality bite by bite to you. And so I'm not on any kind of truefer drug, nor am I being pacified in any way. All right, moving on. I want to give you an example of, I mean, there's a bit of, a lot of people aren't going to understand. They'll say we're nitpicking or we're being a little too extreme. But we're engaging in philosophical discourse where logical consistency matters. Uh, being accountable to facts matters. And in this case, we're looking at, let's talk about the ISS for a minute here. So here's a video where this individual is suggesting that the reason why the ISS is spotted is because there is something there. But since the Earth is flat, in his view, it cannot be orbiting. So he says it's levitating over the flat plane with electrostatics. This is what I would describe as MSM+. They assume the media is not lying, there's something up there, but they're not telling the whole truth, so there's more to it. So he adds electrostatics. So it's an interesting story, explanation, but it presupposes the existence of an object up there that everybody is seeing. So it presupposes the lie as truth and builds on there to explain the lie because the official explanation does not suffice. This is what I call MSM+. Plus. It's, it's giving the benefit of the doubt to the story as presented by the liars, and then they argue over the details. But you've taken the big story at face value. It, you know, there's this similar thing I've heard an approach to selling cars, where a car, a car salesman can get you debating on whether you want blue or red. And if they get you arguing over the color of the car or any of the additional features, then you've already been pre-sold on the car. You've already bought the car in your head. And what I'm saying here is that before you start debating over the interior of the car, you need to decide if you actually want to buy it. And in this case, people have bought the ISS, and now they're just arguing over how it all works because they don't buy the official explanation. Now, I went and watched this individual's video, and I'll just open it up for the first 30 seconds, and you can decide for yourself um, what you think it is. The video is called International Fake Station Electrostatics. So on the one hand, he's calling it fake. But on the other hand, he's suggesting that it's, as he puts it here, this is not a theory, but this is an existing technology. I never make stuff up when a question mark suffices to hold that spot. I like to avoid the divine fallacy type reasoning. Oh, that's my writing. Oh, no, that's his writing. He did say this. That's interesting. He did kind of say the same thing. Okay, so he says it's not a theory. It's based on this. Let me play it. Hey. I saw this international space station crossing the moon, and I thought to myself, how come it's only about a quarter of the size of a plane crossing the moon? Now, before we go any further, a couple of things. One, thank you, Ted Stryker, 2112 with the IPS. Appreciate the support. Uh, he started off by saying, I saw the ISS crossing in front of the moon. 
So there already is an interesting thing, because, you know, you cannot see the space station at night. Even if it was there, it's in the shadow of the Earth. So the only way you can see it, therefore, would be the silhouette as it crosses the moon. And that requires a great deal of precision and timing. So the idea that he just flippantly looked up and he saw the space station, uh, that right there puts him in the category of liar, not just a dupe. Crossing the moon, and I thought to myself, how come it's only about a quarter of the size of a plane crossing the moon? Seems like it'd be much smaller than that, especially when we look at the size comparison and see that both an airplane and the International Space Station are about the same size as a football field. And then you look at a football field from an airplane window and you realize that it looks pretty small from there. So, then I so there is something to that. The size disparity is one of these things that suggests that it's not even up there. But he's not ruling out it being up there. He's trying to explain it, but now he's having to redefine it. He's having to come up with an alternate explanation because the official one doesn't match. This is classic MSM+. And this is distinct from what we do, which is minus. MSM minus. You subtract from the mainstream story what you cannot verify. I can't verify it's up there, therefore I'm not going to start with that assumption. But since he lied with that assumption from the beginning, um, everything's going to, as you'll see, going to be ad hoc to explain this thing in a way that flat earthers will accept it to be real. And this is where I think his motivation is. My presumption is this is some kind of a, an informant, an agent, an operative. And his job is to make sure that they still believe something is up there, as long as they don't buy the official explanation. For example, they think it's fake because they don't believe in gravity, but they believe in electrostatics. I wonder, is this really 250 miles away? Then I thought to myself, well, it can't be fake because I can go on YouTube and watch the live stream of the... Now, this guy actually said this. It can't be fake because I can watch the YouTube live streams. The YouTube live streams are some of the fakest bits of footage we've ever seen. And it's not even footage. They're either recording a screen or it's entirely within a CGI environment. So this individual here is clearly not in the know about how fake the ISS is if he thinks that its video is evidence of its existence. So who is this individual? Again, I, I find a lot of these career flat earthers to be very suspect because it's almost like they're doing damage control. The ISS coursing across the face of the earth and someone obviously took this picture and I know you can track it and there's people who see it all the time, but the live feed... There's people who see it all the time and you can track it. They always say, oh, you can track it. Hey, I don't believe it's up there, but you can track it. Have you tracked it? No. Have you seen it? No, but a lot of people have. Okay, so you shift the burden of proof to me and reference ad populum a bunch of people you don't know to believe that it exists. Well, why don't you believe in Zeus? Why don't you believe in Allah? Why don't you believe in fill-in-the-blank God from another religion? Because a lot of people believe that one, and a lot of people have seen it or believe they've been spoken to by it. Why don't you believe in aliens? People claim they've been probed. People claim they've seen them. His argument here is actually an argument in favor of believing everything based on secondhand reports. That's his argument here. Across the face of the earth, and someone obviously took this picture, and I know you can track it, and there's people who see it all the time, but the live feed footage doesn't look much higher than a weather balloon, and we all know most satellites are launched by balloon. So then I came across this thing. 
Now he goes into this triangle-shaped UFO electrostatics and spends a few moments describing how the ISS could work. And then he describes that it has this sacred geometry pattern it makes in the sky above our heads. None of the stuff can be verified. And at the end of it, he does this really grotesque kind of wink kissing noise at the camera. It's a toroidal field. I don't know. This is why they don't want us to do our own research, because simply just asking a question about this sent me on this whole rabbit trail of uh, finding a lot of other things that may be... I don't know what that noise was. I think it was his wife. Now, he says, again, I'm just asking questions, and it led me down this rabbit hole. Well, here's the thing about rabbit holes. The rabbit trails, the rabbit holes that they give you, they start at the MSM. So the screen, you're actually like Alice in Wonderland, you know, through the looking glass. You're going through the screen, chasing the rabbit into Wonderland. And so you may go down the trails. Oh yeah, the space station is real, but it's an electrostatic UFO craft and nobody's on it. And they have balloons to deliver the footage. And, and you can make up all this stuff. But at the end of it, you're explaining a lie with confabulations instead of confronting the obvious fact that the thing does not exist and nobody has seen it, but his argumentation that everybody's seen it is good enough for him. And that's not good enough. So here's a video of Jaron where he cites the ISS. Counted down on my head. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I remember waiting, like, what? And then sure enough, there it was. So it was within two or three seconds of what time it was supposed to, I think. So within two or three seconds of what he saw on the app, it crossed in front of his camera, supposedly, if you want to believe this. But even he has to admit that it could be faked. At least he admits it's fakeable. So here you have a little graphic now again, being, I've... being dragged across the screen. And I want to point out too, He's not an eyewitness. And the, the space station's smaller than I usually see it. But you can't see this at night. So this is a lunar transit. And lunar transits and solar transits do not require someone to be able to see it in the sky. It's through a filter. It's through the camera. And it's an insert shot. So this is not an eyewitness. This is not an eyewitness shot. Just pointing that out. That's very important. We don't have a first-hand eyeballs to ISS. We have the screen, this is what my camera saw, assuming I didn't insert this transparent background PNG. I've shown before that this uh, could be easily faked by somebody who wanted to fake it. Uh, I have no uh, need to fake it. This is a actual video. I could fake it, but I don't need to fake it. Why would I fake it? I don't know. Maybe NASA's putting money in your back pocket. I don't know, maybe you made some kind of a deal because you got into some trouble with, I don't know. It could be anything. It could be something random, like big-time financial fraud involving cryptocurrencies where you end up having to make a choice between serving the devil or spending time in a cell. And we have personally met people in the Flat Earth community who are federal informants, people on parole for doing bad things to innocent people, who are then weirdly made the face of any kind of movement built around anti-NASA. I, I can point to many. You can look them up. You can look up the names. I can point out half a dozen sex offenders who've represented publicly the Flat Earth Conferences. 
And these are people who probably would not want to show their faces today um, because this information was kept hidden for the longest time. But my point of it is I don't trust any of these mainstream flat earth channels that play ball with NASA and make up and confabulate because this is fake. This is fake. And he doesn't like that I say this. In fact, when I was working at Dark Matter, uh, he was doing some of the uh, background work for a while. He was working the boards. And we were on Skype, me and Jaron, for about an hour. And he spent the whole time mad at me, basically saying, so you don't believe me. So you're calling me a liar. I'm like, well, no, I don't trust the footage. I don't trust the format. I don't trust the process. It's not that you're lying. I mean, it's similar with court. You might have all the facts on your side, but if you don't follow the process, the court can't rule it as evidence. There's a process for a reason, and it has to be about remaining faithful to objective reality here. And I cannot objectively say, well, look, I, I think you're a nice guy, but what you've shown me here is a visual lie, and I can't accept it because it's an insert shot. I can tell you what I will accept. I will accept an ISS video if you're in it when it's in it. Like, hey, look at me. Look at the ISS. We're doing a selfie together. Oh, it's gone. Show me that. And if you can't show me that, I'm going to say to you, oh, you can just take out your app and you can find it. It'll be there within 10, it'll be within a second. You can do it. Just use the app. Or you can ask one of your friends to do it for you. Like, for example, Armin here says, the uncle of a cousin's brother-in-law's mechanic has seen the ISS with his naked eye. You could find that guy. Find that guy. Again, this is just a lie. No other way to describe it. And here we can see it as close as basically I can get. And it looks to be the shape of the ISS. Uh, does it look a little weird? Yeah? I mean, does it look like a blob? Now, what he does here is he actually takes an image of the ISS from NASA. He crops it, and he puts it over the one he put on the moon to show you how easy it is to fake. Well, actually, to show you that it's real. But it shows you how he faked it is I took this particular image of the ISS, or supposed ISS, and the first thing I did was I uh, chroma keyed it to take out all of the black. And now you see that, and I, I put it in front of the moon, and then I was able to reduce the size and get it down to the same size as the blob crossing. Spun it, turned it the right way, and overlaid it. It certainly looks to be the correct dimensions um, of the ISS. Yeah, and then you blur it, and then you export it, and then you drag that across the screen. I mean, this is such an easy animation to make. And you use the NASA-approved image, because they all use the same one. Ted Stryker says, when I saw the ISS, it was at 6.30 months before um, sundown. Something across the sky, local news told us the time. Um, well, you didn't see the ISS. And it's not even intellectually honest these days to say you saw it. It's more like, I saw a light in the sky. Let me explain what I mean by this. If you go camping and you hear a raccoon outside your tent, um, what are you going to think? You know, it's in the dark, you hear something out there. It's a man, it's a raccoon, it's a deer, but whatever it is, until you know what it is for sure, you know you heard something. So you have the realm of possibility, what could it be? Now, would you include in the realm of possibility a chupacabra and a Bigfoot? Hey, I heard something. It might be a chupacabra, a Bigfoot, or a raccoon or another camper. Well, no, those are outside the realm of possibility. It's non sequitur. However, there are woods where people have rumors of Bigfoots. So people who camp there believing in Bigfoots will say, hey, we heard Bigfoot. 
Oh, did you? Well, I don't know for sure if we heard something. It might have been Bigfoot. Well, I'm sorry, you can't shoehorn Bigfoot into the realm of possibility when he hasn't been demonstrated to exist. Same goes for the ISS. You can't say, well, it might have been the ISS, but maybe it was a plane. No, 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 you can't even include it. You might as well say, I saw a light in the sky. It might have been Bigfoot on some kind of anti-gravity device, but I don't know. Might have been. Sorry, there's no might have beens. That's, that's, that's not quite an honest answer. You, and if you're going to assert something like, I might have heard a Bigfoot, well, show me your recording. You said you might have seen the ISS. Well, where's your photo? Because presuming you knew you were going to see a spaceship, it's reasonable to assume you would have taken out your phone, considering you have one. Everybody has a phone. Hey, I'm going to go outside and look at the spaceship because the news says it's passing over. Oh, I forgot my phone, but I saw it. Sorry, you're not a witness. And we have to hold a higher standard of evidence than troofers do, or we end up like that goofball a minute ago who claims that the thing's levitating. Okay, continuing. And, and so you, you said, no idea, but what was it? Well, it could be, first of all, an airplane. And, and look, you can't say, and here's something else you, you can't really even say, that they're faking it with drones. Because people will say, oh, maybe, maybe it was a drone. Because then you're giving them an excuse to continue bearing false witness. Because there's no drone that can go the speeds required to meet the transit points on a craft that goes around the Earth every 90 minutes. The space station itself. Okay, so Jaron goes on to say that whatever's up there is shaped like the ISS. Well, let me first explain why that's wrong. The ISS is not aerodynamic. If you built something that shape and you sent it at any velocity above, I mean, it's going 17,000 miles per hour, it would disintegrate. There is no craft with no propulsion. Where's the trail? Where's the condensation trail? You see, if it's in the atmosphere, it's going to leave a condensation trail. So is he saying it's in space where there's no, uh, where, there, where there wouldn't be a trail? Then it's falling in space. Where's the propulsion? Let's play a few more seconds of this lying, disgraceful video. I says fit right over it, just like that. And so now the question becomes, do I believe in the ISS or that the ISS is what I can see flying above my head? Well, here's what I believe. I believe that the craft that takes the pictures that can be found on the EOJ.JSC website, well, those pictures are taken by a craft shaped like the ISS. Okay, again, explain to me how a craft shaped like the ISS can move that fast and meet the transit points on an app designed to meet the passage of a craft going 17,000 miles per hour, meeting every transit point along the way. There is no craft that can go more than 5,000 miles per hour for any length of time. So there is no craft shaped like the ISS that doesn't leave a trail, that has no propulsion. Moreover, there isn't one that could even conceivably be at every transit point unless the Earth is an orb and the space station's real and it matches the app precisely. There is no middle ground here. So what he has done is he has propped up a lie and a few people called him out. For example, here is one. People are um, actually the globe side. They're blown away by this. They're saying, you saw and you filmed it where is predicted with seconds, with precision. But instead of admitting that you saw the ISS, you move the goalpost. 
Yeah, that's pretty valid. Another one here says, you've just demonstrated that the ISS is shaped like the ISS. If it were just a high altitude craft, it wouldn't be possible to shape it like the ISS. Look at any photos of high altitude planes. They have to be sleek and smooth in shape. They don't make high altitude planes shaped like that because it would look cool. They do it because it reduces the aerodynamic forces such as drag. If a high altitude plane was the shape of the ISS, components that give it the shape such as struts and solar panels would be ripped off. High altitude balloons do not travel as fast. So the only thing you have proven is that the ISS is exactly what NASA says it is. Get over it. And yes, that's exactly what he proves. The only possibility is, there's only two options here. Either the ISS is real, space is real, NASA does not lie, or Jaren's lying. Because he provided the exact evidence that they would have provided. So again, I'll leave it up to you. Is Jaren telling the truth and NASA telling the truth? Or are NASA lying and is Jaren reinforcing that lie? That's why I say Jaren is on team NASA. 100%. No middle ground. No explanation other than that. And this character who put up the video about the International Fake Station being um, lifted up on levitation and electrostatics, uh, he's on the same team. Uh, probably some kind of federal informant working for NASA. I mean, you got to think about it. This is a multi-billion dollar operation. It's huge. And it's not just about the money and the grift. It's about the mind control, worldview warfare. Why wouldn't they have operatives all over the place to make sure that people don't stray too far? And so the most popular operatives on the controlled opposition side are able to discredit all of their followers with one simple video. So that was the point, I think, where Jaron stabbed every legitimate truth seeker deep in the back. He might as well tattoo NASA shill on his forehead. Commenters have a few things to say about this. Let me go scroll through. Oh yeah, Constant Elevation says, gotta watch out for the military-aged Bigfoots. Armoon Ra says, prove it wasn't Bigfoot on an anti-gravity device. Yep. Shift that burden of proof. Copesthetic says, Woo's news plus Jaronism equals controlled opposition. Yeah, that's... Look, there's, there's a couple different types of controlled opposition. Some do it without lying. Some do it by only running circles around one tree. So, you could be 100% truthful about one event, but if you look at other events as possibly real... Uh, here's a good example. Uh, I, was look, I was listening to a interview with Wolfgang Helbig, who was one of the early Sandy Hook critics. And after that event, you had Parkland. And he was asked about Parkland, and he said, I, it looks real to me. Yeah, it was real. Didn't you see David Hogg? It was real. I'm like, wait a minute here. If you think this event was fake, but this one is real, or it might be real, or it's debatable, then you haven't figured out the mind control operation. It's not, is this next one good? Like, it's the same thing as this. Most of you here know that nothing goes to space. 
So if I were to ask you, hey, if NASA does another lunar mission, is it going to be real this time? Well, no. Obviously, you would have to understand it's a house of cards. You have a fake launch, fake landing, fake missions, and then a real one. I'm sorry, but what does the real one build upon if the other ones were faked? The next major mass casualty event is likely fake until proven real because that's been the pattern. That's pretty much what we're talking about, patterns. When we're open for deviations, show me the real moon landing, show me the real school shooting. And the NASA thing is even more complicated by anybody who's like, I saw the ISS. Well, look, you have to also explain all of the footage from within and the photography. I mean, you got a 25-year blooper reel to defend on the basis of a light. Why not assume it was a UFO or an alien? Again, it's, it's a non sequitur argument, but I'm happy to say that we have continually raised the bar on our standards of evidence. We have remained consistent in our demands, and nobody has been able to prove that this thing exists. It's actually that simple. Nobody has. And we rule out lunar and solar transits because it opens up the spot for the insertion of an insert shot for a lie. It's how magic tricks work. Slight of mind. Okay, so we have a lot going on this week. Uh, we're seven days away from the Super Bowl at the Death Star with intimations of an incoming nuke and maybe some kind of event evolving Taylor Swift, and even Donald Trump. A truth seeker said it's no accident Taylor Swift had an album called Red in the season of the NFL that she's in a fake relationship with two red teams playing in the Super Bowl. We'll keep an eye on all this and more. Um, look, at this is speaking of space fakery. Someone sent this to me. James Webb Telescope. This is that $10 billion telescope that's a million miles away so you can't get your money back. He has a picture, this person sent me a picture of a deep space image brought to us by this multi-billion dollar telescope, and it happens to perfectly match part of an Algerian coast. Not uncommon. It's like, oh look, this is Mars, or is it somewhere in Hawaii? This looks like it's in Canada. And you'll find the same hills, the same rocks. Just another example of space fakery. Tony Drisco says, it wouldn't be hard to pay people damage control money to produce fake videos for NASA, all these influencer types. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't be at all. And people get, it's, look, it's a ma I've seen these magic tricks. So an ISS transit's a magic trick. You see the guy. You see the guy with a telescope. You see him pointing at the sky. He's got a million followers. And he's like, here's the math. Here's the angle. Here's the time. Now let's see what we get. And then cut. You go to a close-up of the moon and you see the thing go across it. Then cut back to him. Wow, I just saw it. Did you? We saw you put your face to the telescope, but then we only see an image that could only have been created in post-production. Same issue applies in the ISS itself when you have astronauts at the cupola taking pictures of the Earth. Like, I want to see what they see. Well, we see these beautiful pictures. No, I want to see over their shoulder as they're taking the picture because I want to see if it's a movie set or not. You will never see over the shoulder of the astronaut taking a photo of the Earth. You'll never see that picture. 
because there's no correlation between the camera prop they're holding at the window and the photos they actually give you. It's the same thing with ISS transits. It works from Earth to space and space to Earth. They're faking these long distance shots and the best you get is a photo of the photographer. It's, it's visual hearsay. I talk about CSAY. You see it on the screen, you say it like it's true. It's the visual equivalent of hearsay. Well, what does it mean when, hey, here's a guy at the camera and he's at this location. Let's see his pictures to prove he's there. No, I want to see him taking that picture so I can see what he saw. We don't get that. But it's a sleight of mind. If that sounds hard to follow or too nuanced, it's because it's a sleight of mind. It's a magic trick. Okay, continuing. MAGA going to war with SWIFT. We've already discussed this at length. We talked about Matt Walsh um, last week. Matt Walsh went full NPC defending the moon landing. He got a lot of blowback from that. I think he was surprised at how many people don't believe the moon landing. The thing is, the people who believe the moon landing was faked, for the most part, think we faked it to trick the Russians. And even he says, if this was true, the Russians would have called us out on it. If you think about it, you're, you're winning a propaganda war by cheating. Why wouldn't you call out the cheaters? So his reasoning is, therefore, they weren't cheating. My reasoning is, no, therefore, they're both cheating. You see, it's the power elite waging mind war to control the multitudes. The competition isn't Russia and America and China. The competition is the capstone versus everybody at the bottom, which is us. And then you have these dupes, low-level bricks in the pyramid, who have no clue that they're part of the infrastructure of deception, and they have not been shown anything even close to the light. I do not envy the useful idiots, stooges, and dupes who are paid good money to remain completely insulated and blind. I'm glad I don't have that afflicting me. I look at some of these characters on the, the, the sellouts, and it's like, is it really worth it? Uh, in my opinion, no. Because you're, it's not that you're selling out merely everybody in the world. You're selling out your own perceptions. And what could be worth that? Uh, here's an image from Japan Twitter, Twitter. The Japanese flat earthers have been savaging the ISS. Uh, this one, I don't have the translation, but you have these astronauts and cosmonauts all in, quote, space. But weirdly, if you trace a line over their spines, their heads are all cocked up sideways, as though their head is trying to remain oriented toward perpendicular, a perpendicular line directly to the Earth, which doesn't make sense if there's not gravity there. Sort of like it doesn't make sense if they all wear super tight pants with tight belts, their legs looking like stuffed sausages. It's like, wait, there's no gravity. Who's going to yank your pants? Like... You should, be, you should be comfortable. Not all bound up like that for six months. Yeah, the Japanese flat earth is, is, is... And look, a lot of the times they're laughing. And that's something that you don't see with the nightmare community. I'm talking about the, the troofers who have opted for the red pill. For them, this is no laughing matter. This is not a joke. They're, the world's about to end. 
everything's supposed to be super serious. And I'm not saying it's not serious, but I think overreacting is part of the mind war itself, the reaction itself. They trigger you into reacting. In fact, they actually engage in a form of baiting tactic, and they target the right wing with this. That's why you have all the moral outrage stuff. They target them in ways that they know will get them to overreact, and their overreaction is used against them. Using the overreaction against them, they are allowed to then censor them, turn them into a publicly accepted scapegoat that everyone decides you know, is the worst characterization. Okay, now again, these astronauts also, you should point out the hair. You'll note that the hair is always weirdly stiff. And in the movie, ISS, they played it safe and they didn't leave any hair loose at all because it would give away the illusion. Okay, I'm going to have to set up Discord on this new computer. I'm also going to build up the screen a little bit. I'm going to add the sound effects for the, for the Godzilla, among other things. So we'll be back uh, this evening with some of the upgrades. I want to say thanks, everyone, for joining. This is COVID Cooties by Symbia. And we'll be turning back to the 24-7 probably later on tonight. Thanks, chat, and you can get the archives in the email. Tell me to. I can't be COVID cuties. Now my life is like a